everyone has their choir. For you, it's video, right? Like that, it makes you a differentiator. All of the things that you have learned from that have made you so successful in where you're at now. Everyone has that. And, and we've got to remember to, um, to lean into that and to be proud of it. Welcome to But Wait, There's More with Morgan, a podcast that answers every MBA question under the sun. From program focus to culture to professional development, decide whether pursuing an MBA is the right choice for you. Join me, your host, Morgan Getchy, as I explore the MBA experience to share insights and lessons learned to help you determine if the MBA path is right for you. And if it is, what to do as you walk that journey. All right. Well, um, welcome everyone to the podcast. I'm super, super excited today. I have a very special guest named Beth. She is our very first interview and she actually also inspired this podcast. So I had to have her on as our first guest. So Beth, I'm going to hand it over to you. If you just want to introduce yourself, uh, maybe give a little bit of background around what you do, where you're getting your MBA, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Thanks Morgan for having me on. I'm so stoked. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, yeah, so my name is Beth and I am in Raleigh, North Carolina. I am in the second year of a, a full-time MBA program at North Carolina State University. And I love it. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting, right? Because we are amidst the pandemic doing it there, but um, honestly, it served me really well. I think I've kind of leaned into it a little bit. So I'm excited to share about that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for um, kind of just providing some background information. And what are you studying specifically within the MBA program? Right. So I originally uh, was marketing and technology entrepreneurship and commercialization. And I was speaking to a first year student recently. And I said, I said, what asked him what your concentrations are? And he was like, Da, 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 da. He's like, basically anything but finance. And I, I laughed and I said, you better be careful because that is exactly what I said. Right. Now my second year, I am financial management Ooh. and marketing management concentration. So. so cool. I think that's so interesting. And that leads in really well to the next question, because I think when a lot of times when people decide to pursue their MBA, they're not really sure what direction they want to go or they have something specific in mind. So right. it's so important to be open-minded to that process because in my experience, you know, going through the MBA program, it really opened my eyes to other things. And so I would love to kind of um, dig into why you decided to pursue an MBA. I'm yeah. just curious. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it all kind of aligns uh, to, to why I decided to get an MBA. Um, it's a bit of a longer story, but I, I will give you the condensed medium-sized version. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I've always loved business, but I did not grow up in a business uh, household. My dad worked in the medical field. My mom was a teacher. Um, we did not come from money at all. Um, had very little exposure to what essentially business was and had preconceived notions about what it entailed. Also grew up in a very conservative environment where women predominantly got married and had kids. And that was, you know, 
the example set before me and the majority of the examples around me. And I have always been an outspoken, opinionated <laughs> person, <laughs> right? And, and, and I wasn't really raised to lean into that and to celebrate that and struggled a lot internally finding that balance because I always felt like I needed to play small within that. And I promise this relates to finance and, and the greater question, because when I started college, I actually started as a music business major. I, music has been a huge, yeah, a huge part of my life. I grew up playing the piano. I grew up singing choir or choral music was a huge part of uh, my high school career, especially. It, it really changed my life because it was an opportunity to meet people that were not like me and to sing music from cultures and in languages and in styles that I'd never known or heard of before and to doing it and to do it with other people and to really be challenged for excellence within that setting. It, it was just very powerful. So for me, I, I think I, I always loved business. I was always working. I was always hustling as a kid, like having you know, I, babysitting every night I could. I never turned down a babysitting gig yeah. because I knew once you turn down a babysitting gig, you don't normally get asked back. Right. Uh, or, or, you know, like they might use the babysitter that they have. And then when they can't, then you get bumped to the top of the list again. Um, and it's funny, I was actually even reflecting, you know, the babysitters club. I used to yeah. love those books. Right. <laughs> and they just did the uh, release on Netflix about like the new updated episode. And I was like watching them and I was like, man, they have such great business acumen and, and thinking like, maybe it was even good old Anne M. Martin and her babysitters club books that really, um, without me knowing began to instill this mind for business within me. But all of this to say, I was in music business for a year and decided that degree was not really something that I wanted. And I was interning at a record label in Nashville. I was in school at Nashville. It sounds way more glamorous than it really is. I'm like, whoa, that's so amazing. Like, it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> you know, I was like shaking hands with celebrities running up and down Broadway. No, I was actually in like the suburb of Franklin, which if you're going to be in a, in a suburb of Nashville, Franklin is where you want to be. But uh, like in an old house sorting CDs, because this was in, you know, the early 2000s when CDs were a thing. And um so anyways, I, I decided, you know, I'm going to go all music and I changed to music ed because I felt I could always run my choir like a business. Yep. And around that time, I started working for a family in Nashville and it was a husband and wife who owned an audio company, home theaters, actually. And it was great. I started babysitting for them, of course. And that summer <laughs> I started working for them in their office and the mom and I actually kind of job shared. And she was the, uh, she was the. Um, oh, COO, I, can't, I want to say CFO, which basically essentially was that too, but she was the COO and, and really ran on their company, but was also a mom with a kid. And I got to see that you could kind of do both. Yeah. And her and her husband were completely self-made. Um, and and her husband, Dan, would always be like, you have a mind for business, Beth. You have a mind for business. And he was one of the first, and she was encouraging too. Um, she was encouraging by example, and he was encouraging in spoken word of saying, you really have this. So I went and taught school for a year and um, 
and I could talk about that, but essentially after that first year, I thought I'm going to go get an MBA. I think this is what I really want to do. And so this was 2010, but we were two years out of the recession and also online learning wasn't a big deal, big thing then. And I was making $32,000 a year as a teacher. And I had all of these prerequisites that I needed to do um, because all I had no business classes. I hadn't taken any math in college. I clepped out of all of it. I told you this was a long story, but it, it's worth it. I'd, I'd clapped out of all of it. Um, and when I began to do the math and I was so poor um, because, and I know for some people, $32,000 is a lot. And for others, it's like hysterical. Um, but there were other financial things in my life. I, I didn't have any sort of financial literacy. Um, it was not in our family culture to really learn that. And especially as a female. So I, I just really, I, I put that on the back burner and said the MBA isn't for me. It was really hard to get into the school then because everyone was going back to get an MBA when they were laid off. Um, to take prerequisites would have been really expensive, et cetera. And so a year later, I finally decided I'm, I want an advanced degree and I got a master's in music and choral conducting and really um, began to lean into that path and that life and um, moved to Arizona to pursue that degree, moved back to North Carolina where I'm from and, and now at. But, um, and, and then began teaching here again. And I was several years into my teaching career and I was unhappy, not necessarily with teaching. Yes, with teaching, I could talk incessantly about how many things are wrong with the educational field and, and things. But I was also running a business, but I, I also felt very um, like locked out of the future and the potential within my career. And I knew at this point I had a master's degree. Um, I got national board certified, which is another pay bump as a teacher. And I was like, I can be right where I'm at now and see what I'm going to make in X amount of years. And as someone that was a hustler as a kid, as a babysitter, like always wanting to make that money, it really frustrated me that there was no opportunity for financial growth there. And, and it's funny. <laughs> I was dating a couple guys, not at the same time, but which if, if that's you go for it. Right. But like I was date, I began to have this real thirst for entrepreneurship. It was growing a lot more podcasts were a big deal. And I was probably beginning to listen to some here or there. Um, and I was dating this one guy who was an entrepreneur and starting this company. And I ultimately do think I probably dated him for longer than, um, I normally would have because I just wanted to learn from him. I wanted to learn like what that was like and, and learn business. And I, I, I probably cared more about hearing what was happening in his business than what his personal life was. And, um, and I remember thinking like, that's a stupid decision. Why are you doing it that way? You should be doing it this way. And like really wanting to give him my, again, it goes back to the opinionated thing. Yeah. Um, I dated another guy not long after that. And he like, he was, he lived in LA and he dropped me off at school one day, went over to my favorite coffee shop, had an espresso. And I had like a crazy day at school. He picked me up from school and we went and had a beer afterwards and we're sitting at the bar. And I was like, I have something so exciting to tell you. And I don't remember what it was, but I guarantee it was probably something like so-and-so didn't cuss me out today. Like yeah. they cussed me out yesterday, but they didn't cuss me out today. Like this yeah. is such a win. And, and before I said this, he was like, oh, I have something great to tell you too. And he was like, you first. And I was like, okay. And I was like, so excited. And I said, okay, what's yours? And he goes, well, I got a raise or not a raise. I got a bonus. And I was like, um, oh, cool. Like, okay. And cause I'm nosy. I said, well, how much was it for? Yeah. 
and it was for 250k and i remember thinking like wow a you're picking up the check but b what <laughs> am, right right <laughs> what am i doing with my life like yeah. you literally like i worked my tail off today and right. Um, and, and so that, and I'm just as smart as you, like I can do this. Definitely. All of this to say, I, at that point I knew I was in for a, a change and I knew we're so fortunate to live in a, a world and a time where there's so many opportunities of people that yeah. really get to make their own life and make their own dream life and opportunities for us to see that and breathe into that and live into that. And for me, I knew that at 32 years old, getting an MBA was um, an opportunity for me to jumpstart the next phase of my life and understand a lot of business um, things that, you know, would just, it, and it was a dream of mine too. So that, that's the reason why. And it also relates back to the financial management thing because finances had always scared me. Um, I never felt confident in that, never had people speaking confidence to me within that. So the reason why I walked into the MBA program saying like, I never want, uh, I do not want to do financial management was not because I was truly not wanting to do it. It's because I was too afraid to do it. And I was afraid of failure, of not being good enough, of, of, uh, anything like that. And um, I was very blessed with a great study partner the first semester who showed me through example that I can do this. And, and so I, I had to let go of that fear and, and really dig into it. So it's kind of a metaphor, right? For the bigger story of the life of like letting go of personal expectations we have for ourselves and, and going after our dreams as corny as that is. Yes. No, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I love the point about, you know, people sometimes are so scared. It's not because right. they don't want to go after it. They're just scared. And that's absolutely, sucks. that sucks when people are so scared to the point to where they don't do what they want to do. So kudos to you for breaking past that and just doing it. Like, I think that's awesome. It's a process, right? It, yeah. it, and that's the biggest thing I try to impress upon people is that it is a process. My last year of teaching, I began to know that I was ready for a change. And I, every morning getting ready for school and during, I always had a first period planning. I listened to business podcasts for hours, just about learning, hearing people's stories, like literally hearing Guy Raz's how I built this, got me out of bed every Monday morning to hear what he was going to talk about so I could learn about these people's stories. Definitely. I think that also really helps just to see other examples of how people were able to do it um, and kind of change their circumstances or go after a dream or a goal that they want in life. I think that's absolutely amazing. And it was just so cool to kind of hear your story from start to finish and how the MBA has kind of just created more opportunity and has, has allowed you to really pursue what you want in life. So I think that's so exciting. And I think that's what's made my MBA experience a little more different is that this isn't something that I felt like, well, I've been in this career for five years and I, I, you know, I want to get to management. So this is what I want to do. Um, it was a, a dream of 10 years and it was a way out. It was opportunity. It was expanded knowledge. I cared less about grades right. and more about learning and soaking up things. Um, and, and that has really made it unique, but special. I love that. And it's funny you say it because when I was considering going back for an MBA, 
I told myself, I don't want to do it just to check a box or just to get some piece of paper because that's not going to be super meaningful for me personally. And so if I do it, it's because I really want to learn. Like yeah. I want to learn, you know, how to start that business the right way. Like what are these things that I'm missing? Yeah. How to really just enrich my life. So. But then don't you find out like you get into it and you're like, okay, yes. I mean, I knew this, but <laughs> right, there right. is no right way to start a business, right? <laughs> like there is no, people still ask me questions or like assume I'm this big expert. And I'm like, all I have had access to is how much more people are making stuff up as they go. It's so true. It's so true. It's insane. Like, I mean, especially when you think about all these people who are like pitching to investors and all this stuff. And it's just, it's honestly so incredible. Really, it's just shown me that I can do anything that anybody else is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's so important to uh, remember that and unique again about, you know, your, your journey through the MBA, my journey, there was, I went through a mix, right. Of, well, if I'm going to get an MBA, like how high up do I want to go? I really loved Duke's MBA program. Um, and at one point thought about putting it off for a year, um, to bump up my resume and get in. Cause I didn't get, uh, accepted the first, first go around through now, I will say, I quickly realized too, some people spend years literally preparing to get into some of these upper level MBA programs and programs like Duke and all. And, and so that was a decision I had to weigh on as well of, um, you know, how soon do I want to make this happen? But I think this is something that's really important to remember is that for anyone considering an MBA program, you get out what you put in. Yes, completely agree. Right. And yes, you, by going to a school, not going to a school like Duke or somewhere else, like, yes. And, and we know this now, especially when you pay for that network within that. And there's brilliant educators there by clearly, but it also is when you, when you see some of the people and meet some of the people that are like, yep, yeah, it's, it's, it's paying for a network. Um, but that also just makes you work a little bit harder Absolutely. if you're not in that. No, I completely agree. It's honestly so incredible going to some of these, um, like the national job fairs. Like I went to this national conference last year, you know, you're on the floor with MBAs from all across the country. And so I think that kind of does level the playing field in a way because you're all in the same room. And like you said, it's all about what you put into it. So if you put a lot into it and your goal is to get that interview with a certain company, then you're setting yourself up for success. So um, yeah, no, I totally agree. It's so interesting. It's so interesting yeah. how all of this works, this whole MBA world. There's certainly <laughs> tiers to it. Yeah. Right? Multiple tiers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So interesting. I'm loving this conversation so far. Um, I want to kind of pivot a little bit. Um, so can you talk through, you know, any advice um, or maybe any experiences that you've had when it comes to looking for an internship during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say, um, I have not loved the fact that we are in a global pandemic, right. but I think that it has enabled me so many more opportunities. I, and I will say, I think some of that is because I am maybe a bit older, um, and, or maybe not, I don't know, but I, 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 I always do kind of like weigh those pros and cons in my head of like, well, what do I have to lose? And I'm also not looking at what other people are doing or saying or being around me. Like, I mean, even now I've been in locked in my house for months. Um, so 
I was fortunate to have had my internship locked in place before the pandemic. Very fortunate in that. The irony being I almost didn't go with this, uh, go with my internship because all my team was going to be remote and I was going to be working in the office, but everyone else was around the country. And I'd received feedback from some leaders that said, not at the company, but, um, you know, just network people giving me advice that said, you really want that internship to be in person. You get that quality one-on-one time. And I, I do think if we hadn't been in a global pandemic, like totally agree with that. However, what a blessing, a weird blessing to, um, be, be remote and, and for the team to already be remote, they were already in such great lock and, uh, lockstep with one another. Um, so, but as far as getting an internship, even since looking for whether I stay at the current company that I'm at, because my internship's been extended through the school year or I go somewhere else, just the networking aspect has been for me a lot easier because I'm not, I feel more comfortable reaching out online. Definitely. I think it's a really good point. I've noticed as well that so many people right now are just so much more open to networking and helping out wherever they can and connecting. And I've also noticed that there's other initiatives that are kind of being created to help students as they do look for internships and full-time roles. So I've been really impressed with that. I've been super, super impressed with that, honestly. It's, it's amazing. I think I'm very fortunate that I've been living in an online world and and used to making online connections with people for several years prior to this. Um, I'm also used to being very isolated in what I'm doing by when you're a music teacher, particularly a choir teacher, you are the only person in your building doing that. So I'm used to being alone, reaching out if I need something or need need help. And that has been very advantageous throughout this process. I'm also very fortunate, and I I I would be remiss if I didn't say, like, I live by myself, right? The the most inconvenient thing for me has been making sure I put my dog in another room when I'm recording a podcast or, you know, doing something that I, I can't have audio distractions. It's a little different for me right now. My nephew is doing school here. Um, so that has, that has twisted some of it, but it's also been good because as much as I say how fortunate I am to have been alone during this and not had the distractions, you do also very get uh, very alone and you realize the only human interactions that you're having are through a computer with other people. Um, so it's, it's a mixed bag, but that would be the biggest thing I would say my advice for people looking for internships over this is is really lean into this digital world and the fact people are really embracing the fact internships will probably be online next summer and go for any company like location is not really an issue anymore. I think that's a really good point. And I mean, of course, like we've already mentioned, the pandemic is a huge, um, devastating tragedy, but there is definitely silver linings, you know, and I think it's important to lean into that and see, especially with everything going online. I mean, you have access to everything in the world that you could possibly want now because of that, because everything is digital. It's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. And I have to be really careful that I don't, and it's different for different people, but that I don't work, become a workaholic either. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. It's because I don't have the distractions and I love what I'm doing. And I, you know, I was talking to my aunt earlier today. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm working. And she was like, what are you like? Why are you working? But I was like, I love what I'm doing. What else am I going to do? And you know, you, there's other things I could do, but, um, also, if you're in an MBA program, this is the time to lean in. Like, this is the time to hustle. And yeah, I've just totally taken advantage of that. Um, and so instead of not thinking, oh, I'm missing out, it's like, I'm, I've been so grateful, honestly, for the excuse to not feel bad about not joining other people and doing stuff. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. And also, um, I admire your work ethic. I think that's awesome. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I can still go down the TikTok <laughs> rabbit hole at 1130 at night and be like, oh my gosh, what? But even that is like half enjoyment and half learning through yes. that and getting that's ideas true. and inspiration. Absolutely. No, I mean, it happens to the best of us, but I, I agree. I think TikTok, the thing about TikTok that I was just thinking about is that it enables like that fail fast mindset because you're able to create such quick content on the platform and test. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs) It's so interesting. Um, but I would also love to know, you know, now that the school year is in full swing. So how has MBA life been during the pandemic? I would love to know. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I should first and foremost say I'm a bit of an anomaly because this is like my second run through grad school. And even the, my first experience in undergrad, I did not have a traditional undergrad experience. I went to a private Christian school, like drinking and partying and like living up that style of life was not even in my undergrad experience. So, um, I, I don't always think of, yeah, I didn't do that. And, and again, I am established in Raleigh to where I'm not moving to a new city and having to make new friends. It's been hard at times to make friends within the program because I also have my life here that's already established. Um, so, and, and while I have had really great friendships in the program, I also, and and maybe because my life has been here too, it wasn't like my entire social life was wrapped up in the MBA program. I've also been incredibly busy with stuff outside of the program with my business and, uh, and other, other things outside. So I, I don't think that I've missed the social aspect. Actually, I know that I haven't missed the social aspect. And I just, you know, yeah. there's just not the distractions, it, good or bad. Like if so-and-so did something to so-and-so class related or not, you don't see it. You don't hear about it. Like it's, it's a non-issue and you get no to be intentional, out. right? You have to remember to be intentional with the people that you are reaching out to it. But, you know, even our first week back in classes, I specifically reached out to several key colleagues to just have coffee with them. That would have never happened if we had been on campus. Like so true. It's so true. Yeah. Right. So as long as you were intentional, um, and I'm an introvert. I truly I am yeah, yeah. I yeah, I really am. So I think that has probably served me very well through all of this because I can be with people and then I also have my immediate alone time to recharge. But I would have, I would have just never had that on campus with some of these people and like the deep conversations, because even still people might've been around. Um, so that has been 
really helpful. I also love being able to listen to online lectures when I am meal prepping or cleaning or taking a shower or cleaning my room or, or doing something else like that because I also want to learn this stuff and not just check a box. It right. takes me multiple times to listen to things. And as I get to the more advanced classes, like holy mother of goodness, how many times have I watched our marketing analytics teacher talk to us about price elasticity and measuring that difference through running SAS progression, like multiple times because it's so foreign to me and there's not that stigma necessarily. Um, you know, it is a lot it's not a lot more work, it's just different work. So you just have to be very responsible. I turn my camera on in classes. Nice. Um, I know from having been a teacher and from also doing a lot of online work, how defeating it is to be talking to people and not be able to see their faces. So I turn my camera on, but then that helps me stay present. I also try to go to as many office hours as possible just to also continue to build that relationship with the professor as well, uh, as well as gain greater insight. So those are some of the tips that I have um, in regards to making sure you stay on a schedule and stay dedicated, scheduling study dates with people uh, to go over things, et cetera. And that's, it's been really helpful. I love that. And I really like something you said about being intentional with your time. So, and I've noticed for me personally, I'm so much more intentional with my time these days, you know, and who you're going to spend time, you know, getting, a, you know, a drink of coffee with, for example, um, turning on that camera, um, you know, and you're also able to get those opportunities to re-listen to lectures, which is sweet. Godsend. Or just stop them, right? Yeah. To yes. stop them or speed them up or slow them down. Like, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it really is very cool. Yeah. I love that. Great, great advice. Great tips. And I would also love to get your thoughts on any advice that you have for prospective students who are considering a full-time MBA as we are trying to navigate through a pandemic. Yeah. Um, for me, the full-time MBA made sense because I didn't have traditional work experience in quote-unquote business, although let me tell you running a classroom is straight up running a business, um, but if anything, that full immersion into the jargon is, is really helpful. Uh, I, think it, I think it just really depends financially where you're at, and I say this as someone that was like, Baroque! when they entered the MBA program um, and being like, is this not the stupidest decision? But I believed in myself. So that, that has you know, taken care of me through this entire thing. But I, I would say you need to sit down. It, it depends, right? It depends on what school you want to go to. It depends on what, where you think you want to eventually end up professionally. Um, one advantage that probably most people might have if they're currently in business that I didn't is having a network of people that have MBAs and are particularly within your business field. Even if you want to get out of that vertical and, and go to see there's that jargon coming out um, and, and switch industries, you just have a better sense of connection and people won't, for me, people didn't always understand like a teacher business that's so different 
um, it was a bit harder for me to probably make more connections than it would have been if I was, you know, at Credit Suisse or at, I don't know, any of the other kinds of companies as well. So I would talk to people there and then use that too to figure out where you want to go. You'll have a much better idea of, of where you want to go and asking them how they got there. Um, going on campus, sitting in on classes, but again, it all you have to go with your gut. And for me, it was as much about timing as it was about where, because the only sure thing that I could believe in and know what an outcome could be is my, is myself. Like I knew me and that part of the equation. Um, so I know that's a convoluted answer, but it is, it is so different. Um, and that's why I love that you're doing this podcast as well, because there's not a lot of great information out there for people to do this. I scoured the, the internet. I scoured podcasts to hear stories from people. Um, and they just weren't out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, really the goal of this podcast is just to have that real talk. Like, let's just get real and put the information out there. So first and foremost, thank you so much for the inspiration. Really appreciate it. Um, I could talk about this stuff all day. It's so interesting. Um, but also too, you make a really great point in that it's the, the decision to pursue a full-time MBA specifically, it's so complex, right? And it, and it really just depends on, you know, your financial situation, your work situation, where you are in your career, are you right. moving? Do you have to stay? And I know for me, it was a hard decision just to decide to go back to school full-time, very hard decision. Yeah. I could not have taught and done this part-time. I knew that. Um, there's, there's just no way. Um, I was fortunate to have some several side gigs. This was all paid for on my own. My parents, you know, it's so funny being on this side of it. They're like, they won't listen to this. So I, I can speak for <laughs> or if you do, sorry, mom and dad. Uh, but you know, they thought I was insane and they were not, I won't say they weren't supportive, but they weren't supportive. Like when I told them what I was doing, it was, it, I mean, it was questions. Are you sure? Blah, 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 blah. Now my best friends on the other hand threw me a party. So like, that's the Ooh, dichotomy okay. of like people, <laughs> like a surprise. We're so proud of you type thing. It was amazing. Um, but, but they weren't. And I think that also has to lean into, if you know, in your gut that a full-time program is what you're supposed to do is huge. And I was fortunate, right? Like I had help through a partial assistantship that paid for health insurance. Yep. Um, Definitely. I also have had several side gigs and I would teach private piano and voice. Um, and so I had some revenue coming in, but I also didn't have things budgeted down to know how X amount I need to spend and bring in. Um, I mean, I, I knew, but I didn't have it in black and white either or an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. So um, you just, depending on the kind of person you are, for me, it was gut and intuition and betting on myself. That's what pushed me to go full time, even though I did really consider part time for a bit. It's funny you say that because I, I was actually enrolled in the part time program. And then <laughs> it's crazy. I was enrolled in the part-time program and then, you know, I called admissions and I kind of talked to them and I wanted to make that switch and it ended up just falling into place. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And it, it was a hard decision, but the part-time 
it would have been a lot to have to do like MBA plus work plus business, like all of that stuff together. I mean, that's a lot. I think part-time makes sense if you have employer reimbursement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know any other way around it. Like, why would you not, if you have, if you like the company that you're at, you plan on staying there for several years, you're paying X amount. Now that's clearly going away for a lot of companies right now because of the pandemic. Um, But that's when it, it really does make sense. Yeah, I completely agree. I guess it's all about just looking to see, you know, what the opportunities are and what your situation is. Um, but I know for me personally, so happy. I did it full time. So, so happy. It, it was a very, it was the experience that I was looking for. Like I wanted that real, just like rich, you know, grad school experience. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> well, and I, I will say one thing that was very cool about where we've gone to school in our program is that it has a full-time cohort and then also has part-time and online cohorts. And particularly through the pandemic, uh, I've been able to be a bit more flexible with my classes and I've really leaned in and taken advantage of that. So I have three major classes and one of them is a full-time class, if you will, I'm using air quotes, full-time. It's mainly with the full-time air, uh, full-time students. I'm taking an internet class. So it's predominantly people that are doing the internet, like way of study anyways, asynchronous. And then, um, there's a synchronous evening class. So it would have been people that were taking the evening class at the RTP campus that we offered. So from a networking perspective, that has been really fabulous as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, with now everything being online, I feel like it does open up a lot more flexibility, hopefully for people when it comes right. to their schedules, so much more networking, which you really can't beat that. So yep. Crazy. yep. It is, it is absolutely crazy. Yeah. But you also have to remember, right? Like just as much as that opens up your network to, more people to get to know it's also opening up everyone else's network too so like it's just not the world is open for you the world is open for everybody so while i think it's easy to dance around and be like oh yay there's so many people (laughs) yeah like you also have to then be smart like the competition is going to get even greater too so you have to be on your game as well i completely agree with that i think now it's kind of everything is open. So it's kind of a free for all. Yeah. So we just have to be super smart and super strategic with how we're positioning ourselves right now. That's a really good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and, and you have a little bitty screen with which to make a difference. Your communication and your online communication matters more than ever now. So I am pretty, I try to be very cognizant of how I look, what is happening on my video screen, how does my audio sound, uh, this, that, and the other, because all these little bitty things can make a difference. My digital footprint, I want to be better than ever because people aren't getting to meet me in person for that. I completely agree. And it's so interesting, you know, especially because now everybody wants to have their video cameras on. And so really mastering those skills. And even, you know, two years ago, that just wasn't really a thing. People were so, you know, kind of against doing the live videos and and really creating videos of themselves online. So um, I just think it's really interesting how quickly things have changed, but you make a great point. 
that communication. It is awkward to, I, I mean, you know this from all of your years of video, you probably don't think about it as, as much anymore. I don't. When I, my last several years in the classroom, that's how I built choir baton is literally by showing my face on Instagram every day, yes. posting videos and going live in my classroom. Yes. I knew that if I was doing a video in fourth period, it would be hotter than Hades in my classroom and I would look like crap, <laughs> but I, I just showed up for it. So sure. There's times I look at video and I'm like, oh man, I could really look a lot better, but it's just. The, the name of the, it is just, is what it is. Like, Absolutely. I mean, but I'm comfortable in it. That's important. And I think also too, especially with live video, people want to see you, how you really are, you know? Um, and so that's also kind of going back to, we kind of talked about TikTok a little bit earlier. That's what I love about TikTok is that people are kind of just showing themselves how they are. It's not like some pristine, you know, everything is so perfect. But, and honestly, I should probably do a whole other podcast episode talking about video, mastering video, like remotely, that type of thing, because I could talk about it for hours, <laughs> kind of a little bit of rant, but um, yeah, it's, it's honestly super interesting. The top 10 tips you need to know to master video entering your MBA program. Ooh, I like it. I'm writing that down. Yep. <laughs> That's why I love talking to you is because I always get so like, of, other than the fact that you're amazing, I get so many ideas from you. You're so interesting and so knowledgeable. And I know that whenever people listen to this, they're going to, they're going to love listening to you. So, well, I, that means so much to me because it goes back to my story, right. Of, of leaning into your uniqueness. Like one of the things I love to say is that what you think is your biggest weakness is actually your greatest um, superpower mm -hmm. because growing up as a kid, I was always, my, my family made fun of me because I always had a better idea of how to do something. <laughs> And I it wasn't, it. yeah, but back then, like, it wasn't, and it, it wasn't a dig at anyone, yeah. but it was like, it just came to me and I would just get excited about it. And the more I continue to do this and lean into this, I, I feel so fortunate to be where I'm at. So, you know, I keep alluding to my business. I, I help choir teachers now, uh, through a company called choir baton that I sell online memberships and courses or one membership and several courses on teaching choir and then soon to be being a choir member if you want to sing. And I had a call with one of my teaching members earlier today and she we were talking about something and she was like, I just don't know how to do this. And I was like, well, this, this, you just do it like this. And she was like, I don't get it. And it was so like, duh. I mean, it was, I would not duh on her, but I, I didn't have to stress. It just came to me and it just was, and it was easy. And, and so she's like, I don't really get it. So we, you know, did a little screen sharey thing. And um, she was like, Oh, this is, this is exactly what I needed. This makes so much sense. Um, and so realizing again, that, that, which is my, what I've always thought is my greatest weakness is my greatest strength. And that comes with age, right? Leaning into that and realizing um, but not everyone thinks like you do. Definitely. And you know, it's funny you say that because that's something else that I kind of realized in the MBA program is that some people have gifts and some people are really good in areas. They might not be as good in, in, you know, different areas. Like for me, you know, really good in some areas have weaknesses in other areas. And, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's different. Everyone's unique. And I love that quote. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I, and 
you know, the, every MBA program is all about teams and they're the bane of all of our existences. And I've been thinking about this even today as I've been, you know, on several team meetings this weekend for the program and thinking like, why does working like where I'm at my internship and that team feel so different from sometimes my teams in school. And I, I think it's a culture thing. You know, everyone that I'm working with at a team where at the company I'm interning at, they all fit that kind of culture. And when you're in an MBA program, you know, you don't get culture fit totally always. I mean, you know, schools will try to say that they do, but depending on the school depends on that. Um, and I think that is a big factor because that can really affect, I mean, there's plenty of places, companies as well that don't have a culture. And, and I think we see that in how it can erode team dynamics, but particularly in an MBA program, the teams that you see that are the most successful together are the ones that have that culture fit. And I think that culture fit comes from when you have people on that team that realize that they're not experts in everything and they have strengths and weaknesses and they know what their strengths and weaknesses are. I personally agree. I agree. I think having that self-awareness is so important because then you know, you know, where to lean in, maybe then also where to kind of let somebody else lean in. Yep work and manage that a little bit better. I completely yep. agree. And it comes from therapy. I, I mean, I'm just going to say that very, like, I would truly encourage anyone considering an MBA program before, during, after amidst all the things. Therapy is massive because if you want to be a leader, you're going to an MBA program, right? And I don't mean like CEO type leader. Like you clearly want to lead on some level by going to that next level for education. And Everyone needs therapy. Yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, everybody goes through hard times in life and needs to figure out, you know, how to manage different situations. And it also teaches you about yourself and you're really ding, ding. <laughs> you can't it, be yeah. awareness. <laughs> and even, and even in teaching it, I think for me, the most meaningful thing that came from therapy that I have been able to put into practice and, and helped me be successful in an MBA program is, is not telling me what I'm doing wrong, but affirming me in what I'm doing right. Yes. And you don't get affirmation rare, like ever or yeah. affirmation that you necessarily always believe, especially in a graduate school program. And, and that's where therapy can be incredibly valuable. I completely agree because I think it's also like a confidence thing too. And yep. so, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think, uh, Yeah. I think everybody should go to therapy. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And, um, so as we're kind of wrapping up, I would love if you could just share, you know, some things you're working on where people can find you just to, you know, plug whatever you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, thank you so much for having me. I, (laughs) I'm so stoked. I could talk about, you know, the stuff of, I love it. Um, so if by chance you are listening to this and in choir, you can check out choir baton on all the social media, uh, channels and the choir baton podcast, where I interview teachers, conductors, composers, enthusiasts, singers, all the things there. Um, but also through that development has been also developing myself as a, um, a person that finds themselves passionate about straddling two passions 
in that, maybe I need to come up with a better way to talk about that, but, um, you know, that is like business and, um, is that we are not static people and the fact that we can really break silos, um, and be passionate about doing that. So in early 2021, um, I'm going to be launching a course on bethphilamon.com that you can check out as well. So that is um, soon to be coming, but you can also head to my website or find me on Instagram. I send out a weekly to bi-weekly letter that's just kind of like musings on business school, grad school. Uh, those are the same things in this case, life, music, et cetera. So um, you, can find, you can sign up for that letter. You can be watching for the course coming in January, which will be here before we know it, um, as well as check out bethphilamon.com and find me on all the, all the socials. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Everyone that is listening, you definitely are going to want to follow Beth and keep up with her because she's doing some big things. Well, you know, it's just kind <laughs> of like happening. I, it is what it is. I, I will say from a financial aspect, it, it really kind of hit me today. Um, because for a lot of people going back to business school is such a big financial decision. If you are betting it on yourself, there is something to be said for that and making smart decisions. But we also live in a world where you can literally do anything you want with anything that you love on the internet and make money from it. And I will end up financially leaving business school in a better place than where I entered it because of, of so much and, and some of it, yeah, totally from stuff that I've learned in business school, but just, um, also the self that I have gained through business school as well has been massive and, um, contributed to that. So yeah, I didn't even say the course is going to be about building your brand, but not one of these like annoying build your brand, like rah, rah, rah things you always see. I think it's, it, it really is centered around that quote that I was saying, right? Like that, which is you, you feel like is your greatest weakness is your greatest superpower. Um, and so that's what it's, it's all going to be centered in because that's how I have grown is, you know, I fell in love with choral conducting because it was being a part of something greater than myself with people that are not like me. And, and you're with a group of people making something with just your voices, people that, you know, are so different from you or even similar to you as well. Um, and that is really powerful. And so everything that I have learned in that I take with me into business. And I feel so fortunate that it has enabled me to be successful, but everyone has that everyone has their choir for you. It's video, right? Like that, it makes you a differentiator. All of the things that you have learned from that have made you so successful in where you're at now. Everyone has that. And, and we've got to remember to, um, to lean into that and to be proud of it. I love that so much. And I think that there's definitely something to be said for that. And, you know, everybody does have that unique gift. And I think it's really awesome that you're creating something to help bring that out in people. So Really, I'm so excited just to see, you know, you know, what's ahead for you in the future and, you know, everyone that's listening, definitely go ahead and follow Beth. I will also have all of her information in the speaker notes. Um, Beth, do you have any final words as we wrap up today? Just thanks again for having me on. So excited. This topic is so needed. I can't wait to hear the other stories that emerge from emerge from this podcast and, and from your work here. So thanks so much, Morgan. You are very welcome. Thank you so much for your time today, Beth. And I hope that everybody that is listening has an awesome day.